the first reading for this All Saints Day commemoration is recorded by the Apostle St. John, the revelation the Lord Jesus gave him, chapter 7, beginning at the ninth verse. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is from the Apostle John's first letter, chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel lesson which you have heard read. I would just like to read the context from the previous uh, chapter 4, where we read the Holy Spirit's words. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Thus far, our text. You know, there are a lot of strange ideas out there concerning Christianity. That which you believe, trust, and hope in for your eternal destiny. Some people think that if you become a Christian, then all your troubles will pass away. And even on top of that, you'll become well-to-do. Well, that's quite an attraction to Christianity. Too bad it's not true. Other people think, ah, Christianity, I don't know if I want to be involved in that because, you know, God has so many rules, you know, and I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. You know, and I'm just going to be kind of hemmed in. I really want to be free. So I don't really know if I want to get involved in Christianity. And then others have strange ideas about heaven. Back in the old days, when there were good cartoons, like Casper the Friendly Ghost, people thought that, oh man, when you go to heaven, you're going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost. You're going to be laying back on a cloud. You're just going to kind of be floating through the skies. And that's about all there's going to be to it. And then other people think following that, that, oh man, is heaven ever going to be boring? I've actually had people tell me that in Bible class. I'm not so excited about going to heaven because I think it's going to be boring. Well, if you think that, you don't know too much about what God tells us about heaven because it's not going to be boring it is, in fact, going to be the very opposite. It's going to be the most exciting place there has ever been that you have ever experienced. And what's more, the excitement isn't going to be for one day. It's going to be for eternity, ever and ever and ever. And Jesus sits down on the mountain and teaches his disciples about the Christian church. The Beatitudes, all 12 of them, the Blesseds, end with Jesus saying, Rejoice and be glad, 
for great is your reward in heaven. Now that doesn't mean because you do some little teeny work that's good that that's going to get you into heaven. The opposite is true. It's a gift. It's going to be another gift that Jesus gives to you. So even if you're persecuted in this life, your reward is going to be great in heaven. And as St. Paul said, writing to the Romans, that I presume, he says, that when I get to heaven and I look back at the persecution I went through here in this life, that persecution is going to pale into insignificance because of the great glory that is before me in heaven. So Jesus tells you to rejoice that you are one of his children because great is your reward. Rejoice. And he invites his disciples to sit down now at his so that's why I read the context to this, to give you an idea and give me an idea of how the crowds followed Jesus. We, we can't even kind of probably get our minds around what it was like to be Jesus or to be with him. Day in and day out, hundreds and thousands of people followed him every day, everywhere that he went. There they were. In fact, at one time when he tried to withdraw from them and go up the mountain, they were there. They come crowding in on him, following him everywhere he went. And you can see why. If you had someone sick in your family, hey, here's the great prophet. Let's see if we can get him to him. And he will heal them. And he did. And as I read to you in the context there, it said several times they brought all their sick to him and he healed all their sick. So everyone that could get to him got healed. Whatever the, even the demon possessed had the demons driven out of them. So no wonder, thousands upon thousands, like we know this in John 6, in the feeding of the 5,000. That's just the men. That didn't include their wives, and another maybe 5,000, four or 5,000, didn't include their children. And they had big families. So if we just add maybe 10 for every one of them, I mean, man, this crowd broke. It's humongous, the people that were following him day in and day out. So seeing the crowds, he went up the mountain and he sat down and his disciples came to him. So the Beatitudes are directed at the Christian church, at you, for you. It's not the, for the crowds. I mean, okay, like the lady said, the crumbs spill off the table and the dogs eat the crumbs. So those words would go out into the crowd to a lot of people who didn't believe that he was the Messiah. But still, the gospel went out, the good news, that God loves his people and has sent his son. But primarily, he's teaching the disciples, the twelve. So he's teaching the church, you and me. 
So, we are blessed. Just think of that. We are blessed. That means that God is pouring out his love, gifts, and forgiveness upon us. All the time, through the washing of holy baptism, all the time, God is blessing you and me and his church throughout the world, all of us, all the time. Now, that doesn't mean like the misconception that your bank account is going to grow, you're going to get the perfect job, and all of these other wonderful things people dream about. What it means is you have forgiveness. Your name is written in the book of life. God loves you, and someday you are going to get to spend eternity in this beautiful place with Jesus, known as heaven. So these are the blessings we receive, and great is your reward if you finish the race in faith. And he says that to us, that, you know, we can't just believe for a time. We can't believe like the nice lady I met yesterday, a Lutheran lady, but she's fallen away. She doesn't know she's going to come back. I'm encouraging her to come back. It doesn't help to be baptized and live in the church for a while and then fall out. We have to finish the race in the faith, and who knows what lies before us. It may not be so good. In fact, you know, I got a letter once threatening to kill me. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of comforting because all the pastors in the city got the same letter. <laughs> I guess this guy didn't like pastors. So, but if it were true and he followed through, I would have to persevere to the end. So when our Lord calls us to faith, this is an eternal relationship that starts in our holy baptism. So he calls us to be with him forever. Don't stop believing. Don't do like one of my uncles did. When he retired, he really took it seriously. He retired from everything even his church. Don't do that. Persevere until the very end, and Jesus says that rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Great is your reward. Oh, it's going to be so wonderful. You know, he talks about heaven as being this great banquet, you know, with the finest of wines, and the best roast beef you've ever had in your life. He's always talking about a banquet. And then, of course, there's, like in our uh, Revelation, our epistle text today, talking about the singing, the rejoicing, that we are in our Savior's presence. We see him face to face. We're re re reunited with all the loved ones, our loved ones who've gone before us our parents, our brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, all the way back, all the family, we're all reunited again. What a great blessing Christians have, that when we bury our loved ones who have died, 
We know where they are. We know they're in heaven with Jesus. As the thief on the cross was told by Jesus, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Kind of makes you wonder, why do we mourn when our loved ones go to heaven? They're in paradise. But we're separated from them. We miss them. We miss them terribly. It's a big hole in our life when the Lord takes our loved ones to heaven to be with him. But we have the great hope of seeing them again and being reunited on that last great day. So rejoice. Great is your reward in heaven. But meanwhile, he is with us here. Everywhere we go, Christ is with us. All the time, day in and day out. And anywhere we are in all of the world, he promises us in holy baptism that he is with us and he will never leave us. So how many times, you know, when we're out in the wilderness somewhere, it's a dark, cold, snowy night, and the roads are not good, and we're way up north, and we're all alone, and sometimes you hardly can see the road, you don't know where you are, and we forget, hmm, Jesus is with me. Why am I so worried? Why am I scared up here, or out there, or wherever we may be? He promises to be with us wherever. Good times, bad times, he is always with us. He loves us and forgives us. No matter what happens to us in this life, he is going to work it out for our eternal well-being. Now I know some of you have been some, through some very difficult things. And I know when we're bringing the comfort of the gospel to some of you and our other brothers and sisters who have been through very terrible things, it's pretty hard to say that all things work together for good for those who love you. One of our sons, two of them are pastors, one of them got a call one night about 1 o'clock in the morning. They wanted him to come over to their house. They hadn't been out on the deck yet, but they heard the shot, and they're pretty certain what had happened. He was the first one to go out and examine his member, 21-year-old young man who had taken his life. And he was the first one to be with mother and dad and to bring them the comfort of the gospel. And I can tell you, it's not easy in situations like that, which you well know. But still, God promises us that all things work together for good for those who love God. So somehow, even in times of terrible trials and tribulations, God works things out for our eternal well-being. And he wants us to continue to trust in him and to believe in him and not give up, not get mad at God because things haven't gone the way we've wanted them to go. 
I'm sure you know of people who've gotten upset with God and have decided to turn their back on Him. But that's not the solution. The solution is to persevere. Persevere in the one true faith. Jesus Christ is God's Son in the flesh. That is true. He came from heaven. He was crucified. Even secular annals tell us this. Experience tells us this. Why do we continue to celebrate Christmas the year round if Jesus never existed? Why do we celebrate Easter year-around? I mean, not year-around, world-around. If he never rose from the dead. As God said, well, it's Jesus who is God said, on his way to be crucified up the road to Palestine, or Jerusalem, to the cross, and the people are all crying out and praising him, and the others who are grumbling said, tell them to be quiet. He said, if they don't cry out, these stones will. God is going to have his word about his son proclaimed, and nobody or no power can stop it. He loves you. He forgives you. He has your name written in the book of life. Continue to believe. Do not give up the fight. Fight the good fight as St. Paul did. And rejoice each and every day. Be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. God grant that reward to each and every one of us. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 